Good evening and welcome to the Family Book Show. I am Nick, the Game Swing Dad, and with me is my wife, Amber, of AmbitionsForChrist.com. So, uh, we have an interesting episode for you today. This is our 20th episode of Season 3, which means we've promised a special episode for every 10. So, we're not quite sure how this one's going to go, because we want to talk about hymns. But there's like three, four, five, six different conversations we want to have about hymns. <laughs> so we're not quite sure this might just be a hodgepodge of everything we think about hymns, you know, thrown into one, shaken up and stirred and see what you come out with. Yeah. You know. Welcome to our popcorn <laughs> episode about hymns. Good you luck. Know, but we knew we want to talk about hymns because hymns just have a special place in our lives. Mm. Uh, we sing that's OK. Honestly, it is what we listen to on our downtime, as opposed to turning on the radio or as opposed to listening to classic rock or any of those things, we listen to hymn music. Mm -hmm. uh, when we want to have us, even some nights when I guess we're feeling weird, we <laughs> have a, a sing-along with a family and we pull out the hymnal yeah. and start singing songs. And even when I'm just getting ready in the morning or whatever, I'll start singing them to the point where it drives the kids crazy. Well, and also it's something our kids now pull out the hymnal when they're bored sometimes and they sing, not necessarily <laughs> right, but they sing what they know from the hymnal and it's awesome so hymns have a very important place in our life and i guess the conversation i really want to have is the difference between hymns and contemporary music and mm. i think that's where i'm going to start us off with and that's a good place to start because our church and and don't get me wrong um this is not a reason to fight with the church <laughs> or be angry at the church it's a minor difference of things that you know just happen we'll get over it because it's not a big deal yeah it, our, and that's not how most people see it by the way yeah, it's not we've actually gone to at least two or three churches that have had splits because of the music and i believe that a hundred percent i mean that's one of those conversations that happens wherever you go it's about music it's about it's music which is it's just sad i understand it music speaks to it in a very primal way i mean mm -hmm. every civilization every culture has made noise and made oh, music yeah. and danced and so you know so our church plays mostly contemporary i think we do two hymns and um, usually three contemporary. And three contemporary songs. And I struggle with that because I, I absolutely love the hymns, but we don't get mm. enough of them. Now, mm. that being said, the church we just left not long ago only sang hymns. They did three or right. four hymns every week. Right. And, and I struggled with that as well because that— And that was after the Sunday school hour where you also sang more hymns in addition to the regular two church or three hour. Hymns. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, it was— all hymns, a all the time. There was no, I mean, <laughs> if it's pre-1965, it's not happening. I mean, right. I don't know how to like, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's hard. And I honestly, I actually enjoy the mix. And I, I mm -hmm. think there's an old joke about how, you know, you play contemporary, some people are mad. You play hymns, some people are mad. Mm -hmm. You play a mix and everybody's mad. Yeah. <laughs> I actually appreciate it. I enjoy <laughs> it. I just... Mm -hmm think we do them in the wrong way i think we should do two contemporary and three hymns or we should pick hymns since we do do so few of them pick more of the uh known classic hymns right. as opposed to the i would call them the deep tracks <laughs> i'm looking at amber and of course she knows them all she grew up with them and i am a hymn nerd i'm sorry <laughs> so uh and uh, my struggles with the contemporary Contemporary music, I don't want to call them hymns. I don't think that's a proper... It's hard. They're, they are different than hymns. They're not hymns. Mm -hmm. you know. And, and my, my real struggle is that... They're still Christian music. Oh, definitely. I think that's the, that's the hard part is I think, you know, it feels like we're splitting hairs because this is still technically Christian music too. It's not like we're saying, you know, this is the only thing you can sing if you're a Christian. 
you know, and you can't sing something just because it's the Newsboys instead of, you know. Oh, definitely. And the I, Gaither again, vocal band, this, I guess. Yeah, this conversation is going to be weird because that's not what I'm saying at all. I, mm. I love contemporary right. Christian music. Uh, I just, I have found a deeper love and a better conviction for hymns mm-hmm. and they speak to me so and I, I i would have told you five years ago even that's yeah. crazy mm-hmm. i would have told you five years ago when we were going to the old church that hymns are boring they're old i don't really care for them they don't speak to me at all right and it's only been within the past two or three years that that has totally changed right. i have 180 on hymns <laughs> hard <Yeah>, i know <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's been great i love it because then now i get to listen to hymns all the time which is my favorite thing to do yeah. so i'm not going to complain about that i'm really the music listener I, right i'm the one I mean, who listens to music yeah you you're the one that actually like takes the time to go find it put it on a playlist and you know actually play it whereas i'm like oh i like that never gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> And I love the contemporary music. I love its energy. I love how upbeat mm-hmm. it is and how it can get you, you know, feeling something so quickly and so immediately. Right. And, you know, when it, um, oh, oh, what's the one? Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone. Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone. Uh, the, the the Reckless Love of God oh. or uh, 10,000 Reasons. Yeah, right? that one gives me chills. In Christ Alone is still one of my favorites. Uh, um, you know, when these contemporary songs come on, when I hear them, I immediately feel something it's Mm -hmm. immediately speaking to my heart and it's like oh man the love that god pours out for me is so clear and so awesome and it can bring tears to my eyes oh yeah it's amazing and i love that and i love that it gets me going almost immediately and almost instantly in such a place where i'm probably more open to to listen to a a message or, or, or more open to be willing to understand I'm, I'm definitely in a worshipful mode in that sense of like I'm looking at God and just being in awe of him yes I mean I don't they're they bring you to a place of awe which is a good place to be it's a definitely and, and I think the, then the problem I typically have with them is it's the only place we ever go mm-hmm. um, it never gets any deeper it stays in this awe and I'm supposed to be in this abject awe for 15 <sighs> minutes of singing the same seven lines (laughs) well then we get into yeah once you start getting to that point because humans are not made to feel the highest of highs all the time no and we've just sung three songs that are all supposed to be the highest of highs (laughs) and you get to that second third third song and it's like we're just singing the same things like four or five it's it's almost like a trance i i would say it's even like a trance and i get very frustrated with it just because it after a while, I am just saying the words now. Yeah. And that's not worship either. We've lost that all fulfilling, and now it's just become routine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I'm like, okay, okay, I, I've it's, said it, I've thought about it, I've molded and, over, and now I'm thinking, why am I singing this verse seven more times? <laughs> and, and, I, and I think the biggest way you can always tell that happens is you call it um, 11-7 music? 7-11. 7 music. Sorry. I, I confuse those. 7-11 music where you're saying the same seven words 11 times. And mm-hmm. you just keep repeating this over and over. And by the time you get to like four or five, the, the words have lost all meaning. Yeah. You, you do. You just start to gloss over and just say it because that's what you're supposed to say. And your mind does tend to wander after a while because there's no variety to those words. And I that is a problem. Yeah. And also, I think, and I know we're going to go there pretty quickly here, but the theology behind it, too, of there's sometimes it's very me centered a lot of times of look what you've done for me, you know, me, me, me. It's still even even when we're seeing about God and trying to point to him, we're focused on ourselves and mm-hmm. who I am and how I need to give back to God and how I can do for God. And it's backwards. It is. It's an odd 
And I, I mean, not, and again, this is a broad strokes. Not every contemporary course, song does I mean, this, and there are some hymns that do this. I mean, oh, you know, just FYI, we realize these are broad strokes, not. You, this you have is, a book of hymns in front of you, and I know there's at least 605 in there because I know number 605 bugs my wife. Yes, it does. <laughs> so I know there's 605, and I like maybe two dozen of them. You know, mm-hmm. once beyond that, they're to the point where I don't really listen to these anymore. You call them the deep hymns just because you don't <laughs> yeah. know them anyway. And I'm right. like, they're not that deep, honey. <laughs> so, yes, there are a huge swath of hymns and a huge swath of contemporary music that I'm not familiar with. These are broad mm-hmm. strokes. And and that's what I'm going to get to with the hymns is the theology goes beyond that awestruck. It mm-hmm. hits you. I think some of them, at least, can hit you with that awestruck. Oh, definitely. And then go so much deeper. And right. I know the first one that caught me on that, and I first realized that, I think it was um, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Mm. And it was, he's talking about God. Again, the focus now is on God and how strong he is and how powerful he is and how we are. Honestly, I'm not even sure he mentions us in the song, (laughs) except for our God in a, you know, he's... This is our God, yeah. yeah, It's, what what are we? We're Mm. we're nothing. And and God is a mighty, powerful fortress. And it's Mm -hmm. four or five because they're all different. (laughs) Every um, line is a different idea. What's amazing with him, because this was written by Martin Luther, Mm -hmm. who started the Protestant Reformation, and he wrote this because he wanted, he knew people would remember their theology if they sang it. (laughs) So he wrote these to teach theology. I mean... You got to realize, like, this guy was not sending this down to, like, give you some fluff and feel goods. No, yeah. he was doing this to, like, drill into people's minds the theology <laughs> that was, that had been corrupted by the Catholic Church in his day and age, and he was going to retrain them. And so, I mean, it's kind of crazy because you do see a total difference in the language. There is no chorus, there's no, no repeating, there's nope, he's using every word. Every line, <laughs> and, and you're gonna these two dollar words. Where yes, he's throwing them at you. It's like, whoa, what's going on here? And then you start to listen to it and hear what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, this is way past this very surface level me, me, me. And yeah, into what is God? And yeah, how powerful is our God? You know, he can with a single word will cast away Satan. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't need to fear Satan. We fear our God. You yeah, know? It, it, this makes me totally. I know totally random sidetrack here but i did teach one of those i guess deep hymns one i wasn't even familiar with to the kids in morning basket a few weeks ago and it was called immortal invisible it was one i think i remember singing once in my childhood i was not familiar with it and it was a ton of these ten dollar words but the theology in that (laughs) song was awesome and we had great conversations from it and i'm like i still don't remember most of those words if i don't have the hymnal right in front of me i will never be able to sing that song again but man awesome theology just like that and it's just, I think if people honestly would open a hymnal and give it some time looking at these words, and I think that's the hard part too, is they take time. You have to mull these songs over and think them through because they're deep. You have to think this through a little bit. Well, I think you also have to find someone who does a, a good version of the song. Yep. As I've tried to purchase songs <laughs> and, and find them, it's like, it's really hard to find a good version, one that doesn't skip verses, Ugh. one that uses music that matches up to it. Uh, mm-hmm. The music can be a little slow sometimes. Uh, correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong, but a lot of times at this point in time, I don't think churches had organs or pianos or things like that. In fact, if I remember right, D.L. Moody, when he was traveling through Scotland, 
he brought the person who played for him. Ira Sankey. That's who it was. We couldn't think of his name earlier. (laughs) And there were people like Ira Sankey would take a portable organ with him and people Mm -hmm. would walk out of that church so mad because how dare they bring in music (laughs) to the church. Yeah. And it's like, again, how much things have changed. And also, I would I would like to point out if you've ever had to sing with just an organ instead of like a piano organs slow it down so much <laughs> they can't play fast yeah i mean they are literally an instrument <laughs> okay sorry that's just my musical side of me but like they can't play fast it's torturous if you're trying to play fast on an organ and it's, it's not uncommon anymore to go into especially the big churches our church yeah. will do it sometimes uh well they have a full band up there yeah you know a full three guitarists four lead singers you mm-hmm. know it's like whoa man it's a bit much it's a rock show before <laughs> you even get to see anything about jesus yeah you know i think i mean it's just one of those things where as you were talking about like there are some hymns out there um that need to be played up to speed yes <laughs> if you play a, a hymn too slow, you're going to suck all the fun right, right. out of it. And I, I, I'm going to say this with a big asterisk because Amber's going to disagree with yeah. me right away. I don't think you can play a hymn too fast. <laughs> I like that sound <laughs> of the rock and roll. Don't get me wrong. I mean, of course, you could, you know, totally make this a joke. But <laughs> when you turn that rock, um, when you turn the, the song into a rock and roll song, um, Victory in Jesus by Guy mm-hmm. Penrod. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's a really fun song because he's got it so much more upbeat. I think the Newsboys mm-hmm. do one, um, His Eyes on the Sparrow. Yeah. Which I really like. It goes much faster. Faster than probably what you're used to when you think of a hymn. Way faster than how you would probably even sing it with a congregation in a church, yeah. too. I will say that, too. I think that's also the hard part is a lot of these, if you get recordings of them that are really good, they're awesome. They're just not meant for congregational singing yeah. sometimes. Sometimes they're not. And I also think that if you, kind of like a concert, when you go to a concert and you hear music live, mm-hmm. I don't think you could not like it. I mean, yeah. they play their best stuff. It's always really cool. If you go to a church that just has a ton of people, and not even if they're great singers, but there's just a lot of them, and they're they're all singing it, and they're mm. all... It sounds so cool. One of the ones, The Marvelous Grace of Jesus, because it's got, oh, like, those parts. And they break off, And yeah. if you have a room full of people that have music in front of them, kind of even halfway know how to read music <laughs> a little bit to do a few of those echoey parts and, like, sing their part a little bit, it is like a taste of heaven. It Definitely. is. Definitely. I, I mean, mean, you think about, like, how great is our God, and you get a hundred people singing uh, that. Not even, again, not even well, just loud <laughs> and powerful. And it's like, whoa, how great is our God? Mm. You know, and you start thinking about, you know, the angels in heaven. You know, this is all they do. There's angels that just sit up there all day long, and, and we get to heaven, that's all we're going to do. It's all we're going to have to do. That's all we want to God. do because we're in his presence how all the cool time. How is that? It is. And when you get it right, it's a, it is a taste of heaven. It is. It's just like, wow, it's so perfect. Mm. And I, I don't get the same feeling out of contemporary hymns a lot of the time. Right. I mean, I think, and I'd even say one of the reasons is contemporary hymns, I mean, or contemporary music was written with in mind with all the instruments yeah. and all the stuff. It's not written to be done a cappella or quietly or even like as a big group. It's usually done as like we sing up here and you kind of mumble it from down here sure. too in your own way. And, and the lyrics can also be like a, a, an afterthought. The music mm-hmm. is more important. It almost is. Like it's almost like the music got written first and then the words after the fact. And that can be frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you don't have a huge band in front of you, and and then all of course all I think about is SpongeBob and this band episode, the probably the one episode of SpongeBob I know of, where he says, you know, we're not any good, but if we play really loud. 
people won't notice. <laughs> and so they just crank it up to 11 and they're playing really loud. And, and that is how a lot of church bands play. <laughs> how a lot of bands play. A lot of high school, middle school, elementary school. That's how a lot of bands play. We'll just go really loud. <laughs> we might not know it well, but we can play it loud. <laughs> so uh, so the first thing I, uh, I think of, or my difference I see between contemporary and old hymns is just the uh the way they're put together mm-hmm. and the way you go deeper into theology but i think there's uh, something else in there as well I, and what gets to me is every time i learn a new hymn or i fall in love with a new hymn i want to go back and find the story behind this hymn mm-hmm. and these old hymns have these stories and the great ones really have great stories and sometimes yeah. they don't I, i'm not gonna again broad strokes here uh, but you don't see that in contemporary music because they haven't had the time to percolate yet yeah uh, there are some exceptions one i know of offhand i think it's ten thousand reasons well I, i'm thinking of the one i can only imagine where oh, his, there's a yeah. whole movie whole made movie off of that one now dad, right right and i thought you had told me and maybe mm. i'm wrong i thought it was ten thousand reasons where he lost his family it I'm, could i i'm I'm drawing a blank. I'm okay. sorry. So, yes. You there are do... stories out there. Don't get me wrong. Yes. There are good stories with some contemporary music, too. Um, they're probably just not as well known yet because some of them are just so recent, too. Yeah. And I, but they're, the stories behind many of these older ones. But the older are... ones, like every one of them has an, a, a phenomenal story. Let's, yeah. let's start with probably the most known hymn because we've, I mean, Elephant of the Room, we have to talk about Amazing Grace. It's Amazing Grace. It's, I mean, I, I, when I first became a Christian, I, I think I made the argument to Amber, if there was one thing that probably should have been added to the Bible <laughs> <laughs> very late, it was this song. It's a psalm, right? It should have been added yeah. in that psalm. Just put it on there as the, the next psalm, right? No one's going to notice anyway. Psalms is huge to begin with. <laughs> <sighs> conversations we had okay <laughs> don't ama- write mad leathers just okay we know <laughs> but amazing grace is is not only probably the most beautiful hymn most well-known mm-hmm. hymn it has one of the most interesting stories i mean john newton was a slaver and he yes. bought and sold slaves and tortured people for much his entire life and he became then, a christian and then he, god got a hold of him yeah and he, and he regretted that <laughs> mm-hmm. the rest of his life and i think it was uh whitley phipps who you showed me on youtube who yes. talked about when you listen to amazing grace it's actually a slaving song it is it's a song that would come from these slaves um mm-hmm. from these african-americans as and he he took that music that he had heard while on these slave ships throughout the years and he actually turned that in to if you ever because he always talked about it's always an african folk tune or something if you look at like the 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 music that they credit it for a lot sure. of times for Amazing Grace it's an African folk tune, and he said, "Do you want to know that African folk tune? It's the slave ships. It was what he John was Newton hearing from the belly him. of the ship as yeah. he was transporting humans across the ocean." And I mean, it gives you chills when you hear like yeah. him talk about it. And uh, again, if you ever even want to watch the movie like Amazing Grace, <clears throat> they go into the story and the effect that song had had, even just on William Wilberforce, who mm-hmm. helped to bring an end to that slavery in the British you know, Empire and different things. It's just one of those stories that God has used this song in so many ways, and he used John Newton in so many ways. And it's just, it's a, it's a total story of God's grace. And I've, I've never seen a song reach every age group oh, i've yeah. seen teenagers get teary-eyed over this yeah. and i've you know and it's the song when my grandma 
who was in the nursing home with Alzheimer's, could still sing this song because she knew this song. I think you can go into any church, Mm -hmm. or I I should say any, you know, Christian-believing church. (laughs) You you go into any church or with any age group, sing the song, and everyone would be belting it out, singing as hard Mm -hmm. as they can. I I mean, you could even make the argument this is probably the most... You know, well-known, loved, um, non-offensive hymn yeah. you could possibly sing. Well, and I've seen, I mean, I've seen it before. You know, you'll see missionaries that go to other countries. They're singing Amazing Grace in their language. Yeah. And these missionaries can come in not even knowing the language. And they and all sing with their own different language and still sing the song. And it's just one of those ones that just gives you chills every time. Because you, you just know God's yeah. grace is amazing and it's one of those. It's it's a classic hymn for that reason. I mean, and, I, and that's one of the stories that we know, and and that's yes. a story that has a whole movie behind it. Oh you know, yeah. Then you get into like it is well with my soul, which I think mm-hmm. again we've talked about on this show before, where mm-hmm. the guy lost his family, lost his business, lost everything he had, and he and still wrote this song. Was able to write it is well with my soul. You know, mm-hmm. it's okay. Yeah. It is well with my soul. Yeah. You know, and there's song, there's these stories like that throughout, you know, mm-hmm. the hymns. And every one of them is amazing. And and a lot of them just have time. Uh, Be Thou My Vision. I didn't realize how old it was. I think yeah. you had told me third century? It's like a third, like circa 300. Yeah. I mean, we're thinking like, I I mean, in my mind, I'm, of course, I'm going to have to say it wrong. But like, think St. Patrick yes. time frame. In Ireland, it, became, it was just an... A, Celtic poem. It's a Celtic poem. That someone put to music eventually. Mm -hmm. I mean, that has had a thousand, nearly two thousand years to percolate and just become perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, something that's been worked on through many generations, through different people, and it's become almost a perfect song. I mean, and it's, it is, it's still one of my top favorite songs. And the, the lyrics in it are, are so different and so unique and they just speak truth. They speak such truth, and it's it's just one of those it amazing was, ones. And it was, you know, you start to think about it. It was true 300 years ago, and it's true today. Mm-hmm. He's still with us. He hasn't abandoned us. He's yeah. still here. Oh. And it's just, it's, these songs are so amazing because of that. And again, mm-hmm. contemporary simply hasn't had that time. Yeah. Um, and once you start listening to them, I also find hymns to be very easy to memorize and very easy to learn. And mm-hmm. the language they use is so much more powerful. When I was going through a really hard time at my job, I could I would walk to work singing the love of God to mm-hmm. myself. And really I, I wouldn't sing the whole song. I, I would sing maybe two verses. That's <laughs> all I could remember. But it was, you know, it, it talked about if we with ink could <laughs> the ocean fill. <laughs> the ocean fill and were the skies of parchment made. Where every man or where every stock on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade. To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. Uh, and when you're looking up in the morning and you you see the sky from every corner, mm-hmm. it's like, wow. You know, wow. And he loves us more than that could ever write. Yeah. You know, and we go and we see the stalks out in the mm-hmm. fields and every corn stalk and every wheat stalk and every blade of grass you know if every one of them was a pen that someone could reach up there and touch mm. we still couldn't fill up that you know parchment and these the words these metaphors drained and, and, yeah. yeah it's Ugh. just it's just amazing when you get into these stories and the language behind mm. them yes i um the our god reigns is one that i still i still remember that one of um it was right at the end of you know we lost several friends through sudden death it was a horrible time and i just remember as we were singing our god reigns and just realizing all over again that he's sovereign he's in control it was just 
it was one of those moments of you just realize our God yeah. reigns. I, he, you, you've he told me about not. this. I think you, you lost a pastor very unexpectedly, right. very he, suddenly. He was young. He still had pretty young, youngish. Oh, yeah. He still had, uh, you know, pretty young kids. Yeah. And he just, I mean, uh, not to be graphic or gruesome, he just kind of dropped dead at a grocery store. I mean, yeah, it was just, uh, it was the most freakish, horrible thing ever. And it happened within three weeks of the murder murder of your best friend's parents yeah and also within three weeks of another murder in a very small town where nothing i mean this is like completely out there Mm -hmm. and i just remember being like everything is out of control god can't have anything like i i mean full-on questioning god at that moment and you know get to church and we start seeing and um Obviously, everyone is an emotional wreck to yeah. begin with. And I just remember, you know, the song leader stepping up and he was like, I I can't, I don't even know what to say. And he's like, you know, I just all of a sudden, like, let's just turn to this hymn today. We just need to sing this hymn. And I'm sure we've sang that hymn before in my life, but I don't remember it. <laughs> but in that moment, at that time, and I think that's also what's so amazing about hymns is they come to you in a moment when you really need them. That theology is there to remind you of truth in such a beautiful and emotional way, too. Definitely. Definitely. And, yeah, I mean, I, I can get choked up thinking about it well, right and, now, and even just because of that. And it's amazing. Like, this is another way God shows his sovereignty and his mm. almost, I don't know, his, his almost a goofy sense of humor <laughs> in his power and just how perfect he runs things. Because I think this pastor, one of his favorite sayings was, you know, God didn't wake up surprised this morning. Yep. And God didn't wake up surprised. And this 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 man then just, I mean, drops dead. Yeah. And then you all you can do is is sing this song, Our God Reigns. Yeah. He knew that, you know. He knew that. He didn't wake up surprised. Yeah. And it was like just amazing. You know, I, I yeah. feel the same way about um, I know whom I have believed mm. uh, and the theology there. There's lots of questions. Uh, I don't think we can ever get to the bottom of everything that's in that Bible. People yeah. have now been studying it for 2,000 years. We're always going to have questions. There's always questions. There's stuff I was asked questions today at Sunday school. I was teaching, and I don't know the answers. And I just mm-hmm. had to say, look, I don't know, but that's okay because God does. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know whom I have believed. Yeah. And I'm, you know, convinced that he's able to take care of it. Yeah. And, and that the story and theology behind that mm-hmm. is so helpful when you need it. There is. I mean, it's so easy too to live in the world we live in. Of you know, sometimes you do. You get to start to doubting, or you have to, you know, like, does God? You know, I mean, Satan kind of sneak in there. Did God really <laughs> say? And I know, I know whom I have believed, and I know He is able. You know, and it's just there's truth and. I, I I mean, I'll go back to even, this was even before you, but, you know, I remember as a single person, there was a lot of times where I was lonely. And, you know, I'd sit down and, you know, there's times, that, you know, in the garden, he walks with me and he talks with me. And you know, it was like, I'm not alone here. He is with me. He, and there's just some truth to the, you know, there's, I am not alone in this. And it, it brings you back to that focus on God and mm-hmm. the truth from the Bible, I was I was going to say the same thing about I'd rather have Jesus. Mm. When, I, when I started get frustrated or worried about money, which the Bible talks a lot <laughs> about because it's not a new thing. I think we all feel <laughs> frustrated and struggled with money. You know, we mm. have to focus again on Jesus, and I'd rather have Jesus than you know silver, silver or gold. gold. You mm. know, I'd rather have Jesus than, than riches untold, mm-hmm. because you know that's <laughs> the reality of things is that He is more important. Yeah, and you know, I, I don't want to paint contemporary music as bad. I just I guess I. I'm no. trying to make a pitch that hymns give them a chance. Yeah. And I wish the people at our church would give them more of a chance. Well, and I even, it's hard. I think it's our whole entire generation. I wish our whole entire generation would give them more of a chance because they are seen as what you sang very slowly with an organ 
way back when <laughs> and they're dusty and they're old and yeah. you don't need them and it's like well i get that there are there are some hymns that aren't great i even get that i do um but there's a lot of benefit and a lot of goodness that comes with them too and th- it takes a little bit more work and i think it how I had a friend explain it to me once because I was going through and I I loved how she explained it to me because I was going through a phase where I just wanted to listen to country music all the time. And I'm like, (laughs) it sounds bad. It's like, this is not what I need to be feeding my mind as a single person who is unsatisfied with my love life right now and everything else. Like I know in my brain, like this is not a healthy thing for me to be listening to right now. It, it makes me more frustrated with my situation, you know? And I remember telling her, I was like, I know I should be listening to like good music right now, like Christian music, something that's going to focus me back on God. And she said, well, think about it this way. She's like, you know, you have to get it. You know, she's like, she had kids already. And so she was explaining it in the sense of she's like, you know, my kids would happily eat, you know, junk food all day, every day. I have to slow, you know, she's like, but I have to give them the taste of that really good food, the good steak, the, you know, the, the carrots that are cooked just right that they can't, not eat them almost you know and she's like it's a developed taste though I don't just get to you know throw it in front of them and hope they kind of like it I have to work to help them enjoy it but given time where you kind of move away from the junk food into the real food you actually develop a taste for it and you grow to love it so much that actually sometimes you go back to that junk food and you're kind of disappointed with it oh, definitely. you know your stomach kind of aches and she described it that way and after that I kind of it sounds silly but I'd be like okay I need to have some healthy diet music right now <laughs> but it was a silly way to describe it but it really helped me to separate that line and even between secular and Christian and then even between you know Christian contemporary and hymns of you know, I need to dig in a little deeper with my music. What I listen to, music matters. It gets into your Definitely. brain. It works in your mind in a different way than anything else really does. And and, and I'm going to just bounce off of that. Um, I mean, that makes sense. Again, mm-hmm. the book of the, the Bible, the, the longest book in the Bible is Psalms. It's <laughs> actually songs written in Hebrew that we can't read as songs anymore. Right, we don't you know, quite get God, the musicalness of it. God wired us to do that. And again, there's mm-hmm. not a culture in the world that doesn't make music. Yeah. We are wired for music. We mm-hmm. want music. Our bodies crave music. We process music in our brains differently than we process speech or anything else. Yep. And to I, I, I love that metaphor of the, the food because that's how it feels now with I was a huge classic rock fan. I loved right. classic rock. And right now it's like it, it bores me. It's, you know, it. And most we use it like if you ever need to like really get a good walking step or something. Maybe. I don't even but then, even then, even we kind of like. Walk anymore, I'm listening to hymns. I know. Or I'm listening to an audiobook. And mm-hmm. audiobooks put me to sleep. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're know. old, okay? Well. <laughs> <laughs> and tired. But anyway. Um, <laughs> I did, yeah, there's there's just so much truth to, you know, it's it's amazing. I can't remember the last time I listened to a country song. Yeah. And now when I do, I kind of like, oh, oh yeah, that was fun. Huh? Okay. And I it, it takes time. I guess that's what I was trying to get back to the original point was it <laughs> takes time to develop a love for some of these types of music because they do make you think and they do put you at a different spot, you know, emotionally and mentally and spiritually. And it takes a little bit of work sometimes to get to that point to really appreciate it and to understand. And the language in it sometimes, too. I mean, 
you, you have to stop and think, wait, what does that word mean? I mean, there's been more than once you've looked at me and been like, so what does that word mean yeah. in this context? And really like, ooh. I think it's one, uh, here I raise my Ebenezer. Yeah, we've had know? to look that up. I don't know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> and like, what's, a, what's an Ebenezer? I don't I know. know. <laughs> Why are you asking me? What was in the song? Oh, I wouldn't pay attention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I I mean, I still remember we had one pastor that would. He would, whenever you get to some of those weird ones, he'd like stop us and be like, so what you singing about? And it's like, everyone's like, oh, we don't know. We don't know. If you know Google had been around when he had asked, we all would have been googling it on our phones at that point. <laughs> but yeah, I think there's just—it's one of those things where they take time, but they're so worth it. And after a while, you do get a taste for it, and you kind of don't want to go back. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so clearly we have a lot to say about him, but I think we could do several more episodes oh, about yeah. him. I don't even think we've scratched the surface. We haven't mm-hmm. talked about our kids' relationships with him. We haven't even talked about Christmas music. Hint, hint, we went, December is coming, right? <laughs> we haven't talked about so much stuff with hymns. So I, I, my, what I would leave you with is if you don't like hymns or if you're unsure about hymns or if mm-hmm. all you like is contemporary Christian, uh, please give hymns a chance. Yeah. Um, and, and with that in mind, I think I'm going to end. Let's end tonight with our five I don't know if I call them favorites because favorites are always hard to pick. Right? Uh, yeah. It's like picking your this favorite This was most children. impossible part when you even <laughs> said this. I'm sitting here like still like, oh, but I like this one better. But wait a minute. <laughs> right. Any kind of, yeah, pick your favorite movies, favorite books. It's always, you can never get. So yeah. top five hymns to start you off. There Places you go. Places to start. Uh, first and foremost, we'll just put out Amazing Grace. Uh, if you don't know that, uh, you've probably been living under a rock for <laughs> the past well, 500 years. <laughs> so we're, we're not going to mention that one on these lists because if we did, it'd be number one for both of us. For both it's, of us. I mean, it's probably it's, the, the perfect hymn it is, off yeah. the bat. And if you disagree with me, please reach out to me. You can find <laughs> me at uh, Facebook or ambitionsforchrist.com. But here are five hymns from each of us. So we're going to give you 10 hymns to kind of mm. start your collection, maybe look up on YouTube. The other person, uh, I don't remember his name. He's a gentleman who does the evolution of various types of Christian music. Yeah, like there's one he does the evolution of Sunday school songs, and then he does the evolution of Christian hymns. Um, Pentatonics is something similar, they but I think this other guy, he's a he's an African-American gentleman. Uh, he has to work for a church. I think he does it better. He has more hymns, and I think yeah. he knows the songs a little better. And, oh, man, I wish he I. I should know his name off the top, but I, I don't. just don't know his name. But he's yeah. he was awesome. He's so yeah. much fun to watch. Too. And he'll introduce you to a ton of hymns really quick, which yeah. is really fun too. So, but here's um, our f- five ones to get you started. So my first one uh, was Victory in Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's been a lot of fun seeing my my son Barry fall in love with this song, <laughs> and I have a version on my phone that is a kind of a rock and roll version that gets you going i love the fact that you think guy penrod is rock and roll anymore it's just the <laughs> cutest thing ever <laughs> he's he's more rock and roll than what you get with a lot of oh, well hymns, oh yeah okay? okay in the in the christian realm he is rock and roll probably but it's just yes, cute because he's, he's like a texan cowboy more. so it's just cute in my sure mind. he's probably a country singer yes, if that's what he, you want to go for whatever he's got the sound oh yeah it's an amazing an sound. sound it's an amazing country or like rock to yeah. Fountain View Academy, who I enjoy also, yeah. but will, they will play the classical hymn, Slower the classical version. music, and yeah. they're, they're very good. Uh, you can also look them up as yeah. well. Yeah, Fountain View Academy is uh, awesome. Victory in Jesus, and I, I prefer the Guy Penrod version, so that was my number five. All right, and my number five is actually kind of one, this is one I actually really enjoyed as a kid. It's called Onward Christian Soldiers, and it's really cool because it's a, like a marching hymn almost, and it's one of those ones that I think if you ever want to like you know, put on the full armor of God and get ready to be like, we're going to 
you know, spiritual warfare. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like you're, you know, you're getting ready for this. Like you're going to, it's like one of those ones that like makes you feel like ready to go out there and fight the fight again for another day. It's just one of those amazing songs that just, I guess, fires me up again, kind of like with victory and Jesus. And the nice part about it is, is you very rarely find the slow version of this one. Like people are going to play this. It's a marching song for a reason. Like you get to marching. Um, and I love this one. The, the words in it are amazing. The, the music is awesome and it's just a great starting one i also love it because it's again it's one that i think especially guys appreciate because it's not just like a love song or you know something super touchy-feely emotional this is a you know get out of your chair and get moving (laughs) as a christian sometimes you need that too so that's some of the reasons i just happen to really enjoy onward christian soldiers (laughs) the next one i picked was uh, my number four was Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Mm. And I like this one because the theology in it just really hits home and it catches you in like every <laughs> every um, verse is something different and yes. a different piece of, of Jesus. And it just is amazing. And it'll make you sound and feel really smart when you're listening <laughs> to it because not a whole lot of probably contemporary Christians are going to know this song. Yeah. So you pull this one out and like, oh, what's that song? And then like you play it it's like, oh, you know, it's a song mm-hmm. they've never heard of and it's really cool and it's a lot of fun. And I just, I don't know, the theology in it is actually what gets me. Well, and I love it because it's always been one of those ones, I don't care how I've heard it, it's always played beautifully. It's one of those just like classic, beautiful songs that just pulls you in when you hear it. And it's got a, from a musical standpoint, it's just got a different musical sound to it than a lot of other hymns do. And sure. I like that about it. So, yeah, you kind of stole that one from my <laughs> list too, but I let you have it. Um, my number four is Blessed Assurance. I, this is, again, it comes down to the words, blessed assurance. I mean, oh, what a foretaste of heaven, you know, oh, I just. We we have talked about Fanny on this show before, and we could probably mm-hmm. do a whole special episode about Fanny Crosby. Yes, Fanny Crosby, <laughs> who was a, you know, girl who lost her sight at like six weeks old and chose to praise God and write hymns for him her whole life. Um, she served God and she sings, you know, what a blessed assurance, it is, you know, and to, to know God and to, you know, be sure in your salvation. And this is one of those songs that I first started with the kids and they connected with it. It's one of those songs that's really, it's a hymn that's very easy to learn. The kids learned it. I've learned it well. It's just one of those ones that's not the hard language. It's not, I mean, come now, found, I love it. But some of the words can be a little bit oh, much definitely. for kids. You're probably not going to memorize that one easily. Right. Blessed Assurance, I mean, my four-year-old knows it yeah. because it's that easy to just grasp that one. And it's one that I find myself just humming throughout the day, thinking through. It's, it is just that classic, I guess, go-to song for me. And it's one I would highly recommend. And it's a good way to get you started on Fanny Crosby music because she wrote like half the hymns and most hymnals anyway. <laughs> so kind of, you just need to get to know Fanny Crosby anyway. So go for it. Start with this one and go from there. My my third pick was Rock of Ages. And I'm seeing a distinct theme as, as I look at my list. <laughs> the theology in these songs is mm-hmm. fantastic. And I think this one is easy to memorize. It is. I, I think this one has a lot. And it really goes into the depth of what his blood does for us and the power mm-hmm. of behind his death death of christ's death of course you know and and that and so Mm -hmm. the theology in rock of ages and again another one that's easy to learn i think Mm -hmm. my four-year-old knows this one and he claims this is his favorite song (laughs) yeah you know and everyone's thinking of some other like rock band one there is a death leopard okay yes because if you're looking this up it's really hard to find (laughs) because all the things like oh this is like no 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 i want the hymn and it's awesome but yeah 
Um, sorry. Do you no, want to say more? No, I think I, I, again, I'm looking at mine. It's like, mine is mostly theology. The theology <laughs> and the story of Jesus, which I, I don't know if it's because I was an atheist or just because of, of what. It's just the, the, the story of the gospel mm. and what Christ did for me when he didn't have to, when he didn't need to, when I gave, when I could do nothing for myself. Yeah. I mean, that just, I, the last three of mine, I'll deal with that. <laughs> so I don't have much to say about it other than the theology is fantastic. It's wonderful to listen to. Mm. Uh, again, it's one of those ones that you can find good versions of it easily. Yes. Uh, but I definitely think you can start with Rock of Ages and fall in love with hymns through that. Mm-hmm. It was one of the first ones I fell in love with. Yeah. For my number three, it's It Is Well With My Soul. The story behind that one has always gotten to me, where he lost everything and was still able to say, It Is Well With My Soul. This is another one of those songs, too. Um, My grandpa sang it a lot of times when he was struggling through his times with cancer. Um, I remember singing this one a lot through just some different hard times in my own life. And just it's one of those songs that it, it has the good theology there, but it also has that emotional, I think, reminder in the moments when the emotions are running high of you don't yeah. feel like it's well, <laughs> anything is well. And it brings you back and centers you on the fact that it is well. It is well with my soul. And that's the one place it needs to be well with. And I love this song for the theology, but I love it for the emotional appeal uh, of it as we well. We argued over whose list that was going to go yeah, on. Yeah, a lot of, of these are like, well. we were practically like arm wrestling who got to put this on their list. So. So my, my number two is Old Rugged Cross, which mm. to me what it says is, you know, I'll cling to the Old Rugged Cross. No yeah. matter what else comes, no matter mm. what happens, no matter what's going on in my life, you know, I will cling to the Old Rugged Cross and, and, until I finally go to heaven to be with Jesus. Yeah. You know, and it's just all it's about is we're going to ignore and forget everything else and I'm going to cling to the old rugged cross. And that's, that. again, it's just beautiful. It's just it is. the theology in there. I mean, even Paul says in Philippians, you know, I consider everything else garbage. Mm-hmm. You know, everything else is trash considering compared to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that's where it begins is at the cross. Yep. And the understanding of what he did for us. Mm, yeah. <sighs> and so with that one, my number two is to God be the glory. Um, I think it's one of those, we've talked about how worship hymns bring you into a place of worshiping God in a, in a special way, you know, like the worship music. And the hard part is a lot of times then your mind starts to wander because it gets different and different things like that. To God be the glory is like the worship hymn of worship hymns for me. <laughs> um you give God all the glory. It's one of those ones. It's the most triumphant. It's, you know, just focus on God, you know, what he did on the cross and glorify him. Just glory to God. God gets all the glory. I'm nothing. He's everything. He becomes more. I become less, I guess, in that sense. And every time I sing this song, it's just one of those things where it's like, wow, I just get to sit here and give God all the glory. And I want to do this for all eternity forever and always this is what i get to go to heaven and do and this is one of those songs that when i'm singing it especially with a group of people like a church or something i'm like this is a taste of heaven we're gonna (laughs) just go get to give god all the glory forever and i love this hymn and yeah it's it was also my grandpa's favorite hymn which probably did help me originally like it so that probably has a little help there but it is just one of those classic hymns that just 
stands out in my mind over and over, and I'd highly recommend it to get you started on hymns. My my number one was the first <laughs> one I fell in love with, and it was because of the, the imagery, the word picture that it, it painted in the song. And I've already mm. mentioned it in today's show, but it's the love of God. Mm. Uh, and theology is, is, is fantastic. It's more the imagery uh, than actual theology. But it got me through some really hard times mm-hmm. and just being able to look at nature around me and, you know, the heavens declare the glory of God. So when we can see nature and we can see God's love in these things, it can get mm-hmm. you through a lot because nature is all around us. You know, general revelation is for all people at all times. Um, it's it's probably the first hymn that really drew me into hymns that I can mm-hmm. say, you know, I, yeah, even when we were in the old church, it's like, mm-hmm. eh, I don't really like hymns, but I do like this one. <laughs> <laughs> I would sing this one more. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I, I'll always remember now walking to work with big old tears in my eyes mm-hmm. because, you know, so scared I'm going to lose my job. We're going to lose the house. We're, right. you know, we're just about we've new parents, you know, all the stuff. And all I can say is, you know, the, uh, he loves me. Yeah. You know, he loves me. And a, a blade of grass and the big sky. And it's proof, proof positive that God loves me, mm-hmm. you know. And that's uh, the hard part with the love of God, I'll be honest with you. It's really hard to find a good version of it. It took me a long time mm-hmm. to find one, and I still am not overly thrilled with it. I think I've heard like one other good recording of it in my lifetime, besides the one you've kind of picked, yeah. and that's pretty sad to say. But yeah, it's so true. It, is can, it can be hard to find. Apparently, a lot of people don't know about it or don't realize it. We've even had people ask on Facebook, you know, what's your number one song for showing the love of God? It's like, well, there is the song called... The, the love, love of, of God. God. <laughs> you could probably start there. <laughs> I wish uh, if any of out, if any of you out there are musicians or part of a, a, a music ministry or a worship ministry, make a good version of this song <laughs> and put it out there, and I think you'd have a ton of people looking at it. In fact, mm-hmm. I think you could do that with a, just a, About any of these, a, a CD yeah. of hymns, yeah. and I think you'd you'd make bank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. at least it's from us, though. So, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> they're all they're also all free. I mean, these songs are. A lot of these domain. are so public. So, a lot of these are pretty old. So yeah. So anyway, back to the love of God. That just to me was a very personal story, and I just will always have a special mm. place in my heart for that song. Yeah, um, and then to my number one, "Be Thou My Vision." It it's one of the oldest hymns for and classic for a reason, and a lot of it too was. Um, it was during high school is when I really fell in love with this one. I got to play for church a few times on the piano, and I was just like, man, as I was playing through it and reading the words, and I was like, this, you know, I was getting bombarded with, you know, what are you going to do with your life? What are you going to do with college? And I was like, you know, a lot of stuff was getting in my way of God, I think, in that sense of, you know, and it was like, at the end of the day, I was like, you know, I want God in my vision. I want him to be my treasure. I want him to be the sole thing I'm looking at. And... I'm going to trust that some of this other stuff is going to just have to fall into place eventually. You know, I, college decisions, some of the stuff is just going to have to, it will happen. It will get there. And, but I can't take my eyes off Jesus. Just, I want him to be my vision. I want him to be the source and the center of it all. And I just remember singing this again, singing the song over and over and over. And eventually became the one that when my parents asked me, you know, well, what song would you like to sing for your graduation ceremony? Because as a homeschool graduate, you get to pick all your music, you know? <laughs> um, you know, and I just remember being like the, the, I only want one song, be that my vision, you know? And I just knew that that was the song that it meant something. It, it was going to have to kind of be my cry throughout college. And it still is. It's just one of those songs as I'm singing, you know, it's just, you know, you block out all this, be thou my vision, Lord. You know, I need 
you and you alone and it's just one of those hymns that still speaks to me and <laughs> yeah for so, for a podcast that tries to keep things uh down to 15 minutes we have gone well yeah. past that <laughs> we, you thanks for sticking with us we have gone on forever hopefully you didn't find this just rambly <laughs> <laughs> if, if there's a hymn you love and you want to share with us please mm. reach out to us you can find us on facebook or ambitionsforchrist.com or maybe you disagree with us completely are we wrong about contemporary <laughs> music you know did we start some controversy maybe <laughs> <laughs> please reach out to us drop us a line uh, the, uh my name is nick the gamesman dad with me is amber of ambition for Christ.com. This is the Family Bookshelf. Thank you. <laughs>